I've had lots of roosters. I had a very aggressive rooster about three or four roosters back that ripped the legs out of three or four pairs of Levi's. <laughs> he was, he scared the heck out of everybody. And he and I finally had to, to have it out between us. And I won that conflict, but never completely felt at ease that I had won. I very often would be working in the garden. I could see him looking at me and eyeing me up and down. And I thought he was wondering to himself whether he could take me on. Hello and welcome to Notes from the Bee Yard. You're listening to episode 22, Cluck Gable and Chicken George. But don't let the cute title fool you. This episode is about competition, pecking order, and decline. And I love this episode for a few different reasons. One, it's suspenseful. There's this clear and strong connection between Tom and his subjects, his roosters. And then there are these beautiful descriptions of the animals' bodies, their personalities, and their stories. My name is Laura Tyler. I'm your producer and host. This is episode 22, written by Tom Theobald in 1991, and read by Tom in 2021. I knew something was awry as I stepped out the back door just after dawn on that May morning in 1985. Feathers which hadn't been there the night before were scattered about the yard. A few more steps and the carnage began to reveal itself. Something had gotten into the chickens. From the cornfield across the road, a young lab eyed me warily, poised for flight, not quite certain what his crime had been, but sensing that he had made some serious transgression in this early morning frenzy. A disorganized pile of feathers lay at his feet. Had the shotgun been at hand, I'm not certain that I wouldn't have used it, but it's hard to blame the dog alone. It's an all-too-common story in suburban farm country. Alone or with other neighborhood delinquents, he runs stock through fences, takes down sheep, gets into the local chicken yards. The damage is more the fault of the owners than the dogs. I wasn't entertaining these rational thoughts, though, as I picked my way across the field through the new corn, even less when I discovered that the pile of feathers was all that remained of Cluck Gable. Poor old Cluck, such a sad end to his checkered life. Through the morning, Barbara and I took a head count of the flock. As terrified chickens slowly regained their composure and appeared from hiding places under haystacks and woodpiles. In addition to Cluck, Blondie and two of our oldest unnamed chickens were dead. The wild one was missing. As we buried the remains, we reminisced about the life which Cluck had spent with us. 
Cluck was hatched in the early summer of 1978, the product of a cross between Chicken George, our regal black Aracana rooster, and one of the small black banty hens. Given his parentage, you could expect that Cluck would have been black, but the Aracana is the Australian shepherd of the chicken world, a gene pool with a rich mixture of colors that can come in any combination. Cluck matured into a medium-sized rooster with an iridescent black cape and black wing bars, but that was the extent of the obvious inheritance from his parents. His body color was a beautiful deep steel gray. Bright gold streaked his wing bars, and his flowing tail was black and gray and gold. He was an exceptionally striking specimen, and we elected to keep him. Anyone who has kept a small home flock knows that more than one rooster creates a volatile situation. Most flock roosters worth their salt will not tolerate a second. Sometimes, after a series of bloody battles, an uneasy truce emerges, but it is nearly as common that the fighting will continue to the death. Even knowing this, we couldn't bring ourselves to part with Cluck. The sparring began as Cluck matured. It was mostly jousting, but over a three-month period, there were some serious Donnybrooks as well. Cluck slowly realized that he was no match for the superior size and strength of George, and little by little resigned himself to the furtive life of a hanger-on, a second stringer. For his part, George was a gentle conqueror. He would tolerate Cluck on the margins of the flock as it made its daily round about the yard and garden. But there was an invisible perimeter which both roosters understood. Any advance by Cluck into that sacred space was sure to bring George's swift and painful wrath. At night, George was benign enough to let Cluck join the flock as they roosted in the coop but Cluck was always the last to enter. Cluck settled into a life of guerrilla warfare, and he became a master. He worked the far edges of the flock, always on the side opposite of George. Clucking over tender morsels, he scratched up as he tried to entice a hen or two away. Occasionally, through his constant pleadings, or perhaps mere chance, a hand would stray in his direction. A few quick steps with wings outstretched sufficed for courtship as Cluck circled to make his affections known. At the first sounds of chicken love, George became a feathered cannonball. Bent on destruction as he sped across the intervening distance, and early on, Cluck paid dearly for the lust. But he soon became the fastest rooster in the West, as he isolated a hen, did his abbreviated courtship dance, had his fun, and then left just as rapidly as an enraged George arrived. In the end, his timing, by necessity, was impeccable. This state of affairs continued for several years, 
until one winter a friend lost a lease on his farm and asked me to take some of his young chickens. As spring arrived, it became apparent that three of these were roosters, and I realized that I would have to find homes for them soon. But it was springtime, I was busy with the bees, and I procrastinated. Then one afternoon, I returned home to find the scene of a ferocious battle. It looked as if a pillow fight had been waged in the yard. There were feathers everywhere. The young roosters had been sparring for nearly two weeks, harmlessly for the most part, but what concerned me more was their increasing interest in Cluck as an adversary. Cluck had generally been able to avoid them, but there had been some feathers pulled and a little bloodshed. One of these young roosters in particular showed the makings of a fighting cock. As I walked around the yard, the three young roosters strutted about, pumped up on testosterone, and I could see that most of the feathered debris had been contributed by poor Cluck, who was nowhere to be seen. Several tours around the yard finally revealed Cluck in the haystack, jammed between two bales as far as he could squeeze. His beautiful flowing tail was gone, save for a ragged feather or two, and as I pulled him gently from his refuge, his head was even worse. He had been the victim of a mugging. All the feathers on his head were gone, his scalp looked like yesterday's hamburger, he was weak and demoralized. It was clear that Cluck was no match in this conflict. The young roosters would kill him the next chance they got, and even as I extricated him from the haystack, they circled in the distance like sharks in a feeding frenzy. I had to do something with Cluck while I found a home for these youngsters. The neighbor out in back had a number of rabbit hutches that he wasn't using, and it was there that I took Cluck for some R&R. He was a very sorry sight for a day or two, in fact, I wondered at first if he would survive his mauling, but slowly his strength began to return. By the third day, I noticed the roosters crowing out and back. As I listened, I made out Cluck, calling back from his confinement a hundred yards away. It was soon apparent that this was more than idle conversation or condolences for a captive friend. It was the chicken's equivalent of an impassioned argument. The crowing increased in intensity with each passing day as the roosters told Cluck, in no uncertain terms, what a wimp he was and described in graphic detail what they planned to do with him if they met again. Cluck crowed back defiantly and even after the young roosters had gone to new homes, the verbal battle continued between Cluck and George. After ten days of this, I thought Cluck had healed enough to be reintroduced to the flock. A rabbit hutch must be like prison to a chicken accustomed to roaming free. As I set Cluck down on the ground, he went on double speed. He didn't know what he wanted to do first. Peck, scratch, dust, 
or jump one of the hens. He was frantic in his new freedom. And then he spotted George across the yard. Cluck was a gray streak as he covered the 50 feet to George. With head down and wings outstretched, he was a little feathered badger. His trolleys jumped the track, I thought. He must have suffered serious brain damage in the fight. He had battled George for years and never been his match, and here he was so soon after a thorough whipping going for him. The ensuing fight was fierce, but to my surprise George soon withdrew from the fray. Fueled by days of taunts and derision, flung across the backyards, Cluck was a changed bird. The humiliation he had suffered had altered his personality. It was more than another battle I was watching. It was the changing of the guard. He was in command. George changed just as dramatically in those few moments. He was suddenly the old man, hesitant and fearful. As a leader, Cluck was not nearly the gentleman George had been. He would not tolerate George anywhere near the flock and harassed him constantly into the far reaches of the yard. While George had allowed Cluck to enter the coop at dusk to roost, Cluck would have none of this. George's nighttime home became the doghouse up in front as he began a new life of exile. Cluck reigned supreme for two years, with George a sad shadow of his former self. Then one warm fall evening, shortly after sunset, I went out to close the chickens in. I nearly stumbled over George in the nest he had made in the dust beside the gate. It puzzled me as he had never done this before, but he had shown more interest over the past two weeks in being included in the flock once more. He had seemed, almost, to be asking for acceptance. When I had closed the coop, I picked up George and headed for the house. I settled him gently in the straw in his doghouse and went inside. In the morning he was gone. He had passed away peacefully in the night, in good health, at the ripe old age of nine. A lowly chicken, yes, but I shed a tear for this old warrior who had served the flock so long and well and wished that somehow he could have made it into the coop the night before. Cuck Gable ruled unopposed through the following winter, but then his time in the sun was cut short at the age of seven by this wandering dog. Along with him had gone nearly half the flock. Immortality escapes us all, but one of Cluck's daughters still survives, a steel-gray hen named Mildred. Mildred must be pushing eight and nearing the end of her egg-laying days. So this spring we can find her with the hulk, our current rooster. From this match came a batch of chicks with one steel-gray little hen. Mildred, too, for now. Given just a bit of luck, there may still be another cluck. 
that's a brutal story. Yeah. It's brutal. That's what happens when you love things. Yeah. So it sounds a lot like you're identifying with these animals, with these roosters. I certainly was empathetic with the chickens. I don't know if I identified with them, but uh, it would take more of a psychologist than me to do that (laughs) self-diagnosis. But maybe so. I mean, how do we come to think about what is important in life? Mm -hmm. And maybe the chickens are a metaphor A metaphor for what? For life. How so? Well, what you just asked. Did I identify with the chickens? Maybe so. I never had to fight for a hen. But I certainly certainly am empathetic, maybe to a fault, with all of my animals. Why is that a fault? Well, to a fault, that's just an expression, to an extreme. I'm empathetic with my animals. Yeah, I know that expression, and I'm always interested in it, because it suggests that you're too empathetic. Well, maybe I am. How is, but but what, what does that mean? What's too much empathy? Um... I have a lot of friends that grew up on farms that wouldn't have the slightest hesitation in whacking the head off of any animal in the place. Why would it be any different for me? Why would I put the uh, the chickens on a level that where I don't want to chop their head off? They're just chickens. That's the way most people would feel, I think. And somehow you feel differently. I do. Sure. I uh, I feel very close to my animals. I think uh, whether you're an animal or an ant, you get one chance at life. There's... A part toward the end where you're talking about the fight between George and Cluck, and then you say, fueled by days of taunts and derision flung across the backyards, Cluck was a changed bird. Can you tell say, me say more Say that about... again? What? So the, here's the line. It oh, says... Cluck was a changed... Cluck was a changed bird. Yeah, tell me how did Cluck change... Well, he uh, he no longer was uh, willing to settle with being a second fiddle. Mm-hmm. He he had determined that he was going to be in charge or he was going to be dead. He'd been beaten up by the young roosters. I don't know what they were saying across the backyards, but... His attitude had changed dramatically. He was no longer willing to be a second stringer on the side of the flock. He was going to be the leader. And it was obvious in his reaction when he returned home. 
Um, what do you think it was about Cluck that made the young roosters zero in on him as a target and not George? I uh, don't know. Uh, maybe he, maybe uh, Cluck was more vulnerable. Maybe it was a function of size, but I don't think so. Young, young roosters are just irrepressible. What one piece of this story would you like people to walk away with? I think it would be that life is important, even if it's a chicken, and that you only get one chance at life, whether you're a chicken or a human or an ant. Thank you for listening to Notes from the Bee Yard. We publish new episodes on Fridays at noon. Join us next week for episode 23, Motherhood. In the meantime, hop on over to notesfromthebeeyard.buzz to subscribe. <laughs>